Your failures are always for you. You may not know in the moment why you sucked in that moment or why you had that massive failure and it might hurt and it might, well, probably will. It'll probably hurt. It'll probably feel really uncomfortable for, you know, a week or two. But when you connect the dots looking backwards, once you're over the pain and time has healed the wound and it doesn't feel that bad anymore and you're far away from it, you're going to be able to see the gift within the failure. What if today was the day that you dared yourself to do what you've always wanted? Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. I'm your host, Jen Gottlieb, and together we're going to step outside of our comfort zones and into our best lives one dare at a time. So come on, I dare you to dive right on in. Hey, fam, hey. Welcome back to the I Dare You podcast. It's me, your host, Jen. Hopefully by now we feel like besties. That's my goal. That's my hope. So if you're loving this podcast, get onto IG. Make sure you're following me. Take a photo of whatever you're doing while you're listening to this podcast because I want to know what you're doing. Are you at the gym? Are you walking the dog? Are you taking the kids to school? Are you in the car? Are you going for your little afternoon walk? Whatever it is you're doing, I want to know because I'm trying to envision you right now and exactly where you're at and I want to see. So whatever you're doing right now, take a little photo, share it on Instagram, tag me so I can see what you're doing when you're listening to this. So podcasts are always my little escape whenever I need to just get a little bit of motivation, a little bit of a bump in my day whenever I'm feeling a little bit of a dip and that's what I want this to be for you. And I was walking home today. From actually, I'm, I'm getting married, by the way, December 9th to Chris Winfield, who's my, obviously my fiance, because I just said I'm getting married, but he's also my business partner. And many of you listening probably know him via social media, or if you're part of our communities, part of our mastermind, been to any of our events, we do all of it together. And we're finally getting married, tying the knot in December in Miami. And I just today had my fitting for my second wedding dress. So I'm doing two wedding dresses and I just got back from doing a fitting for the second one. So fun. I, I'm not like your, your obsessive bride. I'm definitely, I, I joke with all my friends. I'm like the shittiest bride ever because I have so much going on that my wedding is kind of like the last thing on my mind. So I'm praying and hoping that I'm doing a good enough job. I'm like, why Why do all these brides that I know feel so stressed out and are running around doing a zillion things and I feel like I really haven't done that much? I'm like, am I? is my wedding going to suck? But everyone tells me that I'm doing okay because I've delegated really well. I have an amazing team helping me. But anyways, I digress. The important thing that I want to tell you and talk about today is that what you see right now on social media, if you are looking at me, you're seeing on me, me on all these stages and it probably looks like I'm just like super confident and I'm the best speaker ever, and I've been doing it like this forever. And I want to remind you guys that when you look at social media, you are looking at everyone's chapter 20. You're looking at everyone's highlight reel. You're looking at the best possible outcome of every situation. Not many people are posting all their failures, all their slip-ups, all of the times where they face-planted and sucked at something and had to try again and again and again and again. They're just not posting that, so we're not seeing it. So it's really easy to sit around and scroll on social media and think that nobody ever really fails, that nobody ever really sucked and everyone's just perfect all the time. And then when you have a failure, when you mess up or when your stuff doesn't look perfect, you get really hard on yourself because 
you're looking at all this fake perfection and it's not necessarily fake perfection. It's just that people like to post the good stuff and that's, that's normal. That's okay. Like I'm not, I'm not bashing everybody for posting the good stuff. We want to be seen as our best selves, right? Because that inspires other people to be seen as their best selves. But I do think it's important to know and understand that everybody starts at zero. Everybody starts somewhere. And I believe it's my responsibility to take you through the journey and show you where I started versus where I am now. And to also explain that I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Okay. I'm nowhere near. We're going there together. So here's the thing that I want you to remember. I definitely, definitely sucked and have failed so many times on stage back in the day when I first started. Now, a lot of you have DM'd me recently and said, like, I want to be a speaker. I want to be just like you. How do I do it? What are some tips? And please tell me uh, what, what you do to be able to get on stage and speak so confidently. But I will give you those in another podcast episode. This episode is seriously just going to be sharing you, sharing with you one of my biggest failures that turned into one of my greatest gifts when it comes to speaking on stage and getting people engaged and specifically selling from stage. And many of you I know are entrepreneurs and many of you sell from stage, whether it be virtually or in person. And some of you maybe want to, but I want you to really take this story in because I also want you to remember when I tell you this story that your failures are always for you. You may not know in the moment why you sucked in that moment or why you had that massive failure and it might hurt and it might, well, probably will. It'll probably hurt. It'll probably feel really uncomfortable for, you know, a week or two. But when you connect the dots looking backwards, once you're over the pain and time has healed the wound and it doesn't feel that bad anymore and you're far away from it, you're going to be able to see the gift within the failure. If we didn't fail, we wouldn't be able to grow. Because all the growth comes from messing up and figuring out another better way to do it. So I'm so grateful for all my failures, especially this specific failure that I'm about to tell you. All right. So you're like, Jen, okay, I've been listening to the whole beginning of this podcast, waiting for this story to come. When's the story coming? Okay, now. So you may know or you may not know that our, our company is built around this, uh, this very uh, special event that we do in New York City, and it's called Unfair Advantage Live. Chris Winfield, my soon to be hubby, started this event before I existed in his life. And it started as just a one day event where Chris would bring in entrepreneurs and teach them how to pitch themselves to the media, teach them how to be visible and teach them how to how to be more omnipresent and seen and create credibility. And then at night, he would bring in a group of media people like producers from top shows and uh, different editors from publications and different podcast hosts and have his attendees connect and meet and make relationships with these media people. So it started off as a really small event. And then when I met Chris, we came together and we became partners and that's a story for another day, but we decided to create Unfair Advantage Live into a bigger, a bigger event. And so we invited more people and we actually, at this one point, decided we were going to sell a product from stage. At the In the beginning, Chris never sold anything from stage. It was just like you buy your ticket, you come, you learn stuff, and that's it. But we decided to make it uh, an event where we sold a product because people wanted to go further. Everyone at the event kept asking Chris and asking me, I, I want to keep going. I want to go further. I don't just want to come to this event and leave. I, like, can you get, Can you sell me something? Can you sell me something? So we created something. 
to sell. Okay. So this is, so when, when you create an event and you're selling from stage, I didn't know this, but there is a lot of strategy behind that. Now I know that now, and, and I'm very proud and happy to say that now I am an expert from selling from stage and I teach lots of people how to sell from stage powerfully and make multi, multi seven figures regularly from virtual stages and in-person stages. But at the time I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was supposed to make this pitch for the product on stage at Unfair Advantage Live. Now I'm an actress, former actress. I used to be on Broadway. I performed on stages every single day of my life for years and I was on TV for a long time. So I figured, you know what? How hard could this really be? I'll just put the slide deck up on the screen and I will read the slides and it'll be great. I don't need to practice. I don't, there's no strategy in selling, whatever. I'll just get up there and I'll just do it. How wrong was I? <laughs> so wrong. So here's what happened. I get on stage to do this pitch. I looked at it like five minutes before. I didn't prepare. I'm such a moron. I think about this now and I cringe. There's, you know, 120 people in the audience. I get up there and I completely and totally bomb. Now, when I say completely and totally bomb, I mean I was reading the slides wrong. I was stumbling over my words. I was like, I tripped, I think, at one point in time on my heel. It was like, it was like literally watching a comedian. You know, when you're in a, uh, maybe you've been at a, a comedy, like, show or whatever, and you're watching a comedian that's really sucking and no one's laughing and you just feel so bad for them. And so maybe you giggle or you laugh because you feel terrible. It's just so awkward and the room is silent and you feel that terrible energy. That is exactly what was happening during this pitch. And the the longer it went on, the worse it got because I got uncomfortable and everyone else was uncomfortable and it was just quiet and weird. And I was stumbling, didn't know what the price was. I didn't know what the thing said on the, on the, like the screen, the slide said on the screen and I read it wrong and I didn't, it was so bad. And I can't even describe to you how bad it was. It was so bad. Anyways, it was, so, so what happens after? So I give this terrible pitch and we have these gift bags on the stage that were gifts for everyone that decided that they wanted to sign up for the program. So the idea was after I was done with the pitch, I was going to say, okay, everybody that wants to sign up, come on up onto the stage and grab your gift bag. Okay. So I did that part. I was like really embarrassed by this point, but I'm like, okay, if you want to sign up, come on up here and grab your gift bag. No one moves. Crickets. Oh my gosh. My team is, Chris is looking at me like, like, it was bad. Okay. I can't even describe to you the face that Chris was making when he was looking at me. I knew that I had disappointed everybody. And my, my eyes start to well up with tears. My heart starts to pound. My hands start to get hot. It's, it's horrible, terrible. I'm standing up on that stage. It's completely silent. I don't even know what to say. So Angela, who is, who at the time was our chief publicity officer, part of our team, she comes up on the stage. She didn't know what to do. And she says, please sign up. She basically was begging people. It was the worst possible thing that could ever happen at a sales event ever. Okay. Did I learn my lesson? Yes. But the story's not over. Okay. So I'm mortified. I get off the stage. I go into the, the back room, the green room, where, you know, you wait and you go backstage. And I'm, I, I mean, I'm beside myself. Chris won't even talk to me. Nobody on the team will talk to me because they know that they don't, just don't even know what to say. Like, it was just that bad. And everyone thought, oh, my God, we're, we're going to make zero dollars at this event. This is good. This is a failure. This was bad. And Jen ruined it. 
that's what I was thinking. They were thinking, they probably were thinking that. So I have all of these tears in my eyes. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my God, I have two options right now. I can either leave. Like this was really what I was thinking. I was like, I could just leave and say, I'm so sorry. I have to leave and walk out and not do the rest of the event because I was just too embarrassed and too mortified. And the only other option that I had was to turn it around. But I had no idea how to turn it around because I had never, I wasn't used to doing events like this. I wasn't used to selling. I didn't know what I was doing. And I made the big mistake not to prepare at all and not to learn how to do it at all and think that I had it together and I just didn't. So I thought really hard and I was like, okay, I just, I put my hand on my heart and I asked myself, what is going to shift my energy right now? What is going to shift my energy? And I know for me, the only thing that I can do to shift my energy is to move my body, particularly dance, dance it out. So when I was in my Broadway national tour, before shows, we would do dance parties in the dressing room and that's how I would get my nerves out and that would always make me feel better. But I was like, oh my God, dance it out. Like there's no music here. So at that time, Unfair Advantage Live didn't have any music. There was just like walk-on songs and walk-off songs. There wasn't dance parties. There wasn't, it wasn't like there was no drummers like there are now. There, none of that existed. It was just a conference with walk-on music, walk-off music, nothing. No one danced. And I was like, I just need to move. That's what I need to do. And I felt it in my heart. And I immediately made it my dare of the day. So and when I, when I make a dare of the day, it means that the thing that I know that I need to do, I immediately say to myself, okay, that's your dare of the day. You have to do it. And once I decide that something's a dare of the day, I have to do it and I have to hold myself accountable. It's like a rule in my brain. You should really try doing dares of the day. It, it, it works wonders. So I made it my dare of the day that I was going to do a dance party at this event. I wasn't going to ask Chris. I was just going to do it. So I walk up to the guy who's playing the music in the back of the room and I look at him and I'm like, okay, when we come back from lunch, I want you to play this one song. And I want you to play it really loud and I want you to play it the whole way through and don't stop it. Don't stop the song. It was so funny that I said that because I remember saying don't stop the song. And the song that I wanted him to play was that Justin Timberlake song, Can't Stop the Feeling, you know? It's like, I got this feeling. You know that song? Inside my bones. It goes electric, baby. Went That one. So that's the song he's going to play. He looks at me with tears in my eyes. He knew I just bombed that pitch. He felt so bad for me. He was like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I am sure. I have to. And I thought in my mind, I have to shift my energy and I have to shift the energy that's in the room right now. So I go to the back of the room. Lunch is over. Everyone's in their seats. Everyone's quiet. There's a weird energy because I screwed up the energy of the event. And all of a sudden the song starts playing. Okay. It starts playing, it starts playing. And then I just grab the mic and I'm like, fuck it. I just have to be me. I have to just shift my energy and I have to do the thing that I know best. I dare you, Jen. I dare you. And I grabbed the mic and I just said, all right, everybody, get up on your feet. We're going to have a dance party. And nobody moves, of course, but I just walk through the crowd and I'm like, get up, get up. And I'm holding people's hands and I get them up and I start dancing and then everyone starts grooving and they start dancing with me. And then people start getting up on the tables and they start dancing. And then I get up on the stage and I'm dancing and then all these people come up on the stage with me and everybody is jamming and partying and dancing and the whole energy of the room shifts. Everyone is having the time of their life, shaking it, dancing. Chris is looking at me like, what is happening right now? Please remember, there has never been a dance party or any kind of dancing at this event ever before. And everyone is losing their minds. Like shoes are coming off. People are breaking it down on the floor, like a twerking. It was crazy. The whole, by the end, 
everybody's standing up on their chairs on the tables, clapping their hands, singing the song. It was amazing. It was amazing. And they turned off the music. The energy of the room shifted. I, I got the attention of, of the audience again. They were back in the palm of my hands. Everyone had completely forgotten the shit show that went down uh, the 15 minutes prior or an hour prior before lunch. And we ended up making seven figures at that event. Now, I share this story for so many reasons. The main reason is because my biggest failure turned into the biggest gift because now the thing that makes Unfair Advantage Live so special is the dance parties, is get everybody gets to get outside their comfort zone and have the best time ever and the dance parties are epic. We even brought that into our Zoom events. So we have dance parties at Zoom events and that's what we're known for now. We're known for being fun and everyone being able to be themselves and to just completely lose it and dare themselves to just be the person they've always wanted to be. Maybe they want to dance at events. Maybe they want to dance at home and, and nobody, and, and they're worried about what everyone will think of them. And it's a safe space at our events and on our Zooms to just be exactly who you are and let your freak flag fly and, and, and just jam out. And that wasn't always the case, but that wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have discovered that if I didn't have that epic fail that epic fail. Sometimes you need to have those big failures to have those big aha realizations and have those moments that lead you to something that you didn't even know existed because you have no choice but to pivot, but to change. And then the other gift it gave me was after that, I was like, there is no way in hell I'm not learning how to be the best saleswoman from stage ever. So I studied that shit. I learned how to sell from stage. I learned every strategy. I learned every tactic. I learned every tool. And I promised myself I was going to become the best at selling from stage. And I can tell you confidently right now as I speak into this microphone that many, many, many very high-level salespeople have seen me pitch from stage and they have said to me, that was the best pitch I've ever seen from a stage before in my life. Yes, it is. But it wasn't always. I had to work really hard. And if it wasn't for that failure, if it wasn't for sucking so bad that first time, I wouldn't have taken it seriously. I wouldn't have studied so hard. I wouldn't have learned the ins and outs of pitching from stage ever. And so I'm so grateful for that moment. It sucked in the in that second when I was on that stage. Let me tell you, there might not be a more uncomfortable, embarrassing moment in my life other than that moment. But we turned it around. I dared myself to do something different. I dared myself to listen to my heart. I dared myself to do something that didn't even exist, to be able to shift the energy. The only thing that I knew, the thing deep down in my intuition that was telling me to do, I just did it. And I didn't even ask for permission. I just did it. So my dare for you today is to listen to your gut. It's to listen. Did you ever do something and you tried it and then you failed, but you didn't really listen to the lesson that you got from that failure? Maybe you failed and you just let that failure make you stop and be like, oh, I guess I'm not good at this. I'm not going to keep going because you were too scared to fail again. Look back at that failure. Look back at that mess up and ask yourself, what was this failure trying to teach me? And then listen to your intuition and, and do something about it. Take some action on something that that failure taught you. I guarantee you something magical will come out of it. Ugh. I love this story. If you love this story too, please send me a message. Please leave me a five-star rating and a review. That's what's going to help this get this podcast out there on new and noteworthy and all those things, all those, so more people can listen to it. And then if you really loved it, I'd love it for you. I would love for you to share it with somebody that you care about and that you love that maybe, maybe had a failure that you believe will lead to massive growth and or just somebody that needs to hear this and, and needs a little, a little boost for their day. So my friend, 
I am so grateful for you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. I hope it gave you a little bit more pep in your step today to be able to do a little something different to step outside your comfort zone and into your best life. I dare you. <laughs> Love you so much. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the I Dare You podcast. I'm so grateful you chose to spend this time with me, but I'm even more grateful for your future self that you are building one dare at a time. So my first dare for you is to subscribe to the show and then share it with a friend who you think needs to step a little bit more outside their comfort zone and into their best lives. They'll thank you for it. I'll see you next time on the I Dare You podcast.